I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's show, we're focusing on dairy cow genetics. I caught up with Morgan O'Sullivan, PhD researcher from Chagas Moor Park, who is monitoring the performance of the next generation herd. The EBI, or Economic Breeding Index, is the index in Ireland that dairy farmers use to select um, the, you know, the animals that will become the parents of the next generation of dairy animals on their farm. And I suppose you know, what elite refers to is that elite represents the top 1% of the, within breed on the basis of EBI, and that's the Holstein Frisian breed. So the animals within the study were exclusively Holstein Frisian, um, and I guess you know, they're, they're firmly within the top 1% of the breed, while the national average animals are a representative group of, um, of, of cows that represent what is out there on, on dairy farms um, presently. So, you know, we assembled a group of 90 heifers back in 2012, um, which were sourced from dairy farms across the country and also from within Chagas herds. Um, and these animals, we targeted the top 5% of dairy females, ranked on the basis of EBI, and also targeted a cohort group of national average animals. And these animals went forward and calved down in 2013 for the first year of this research study. Um, and all heifers were genotyped um, to verify their parentage and their EBI value. So essentially, you know, what, what it means is that we put together a group of elite animals that are estimated to be at least two generations ahead of the current national herd on the ground. And what that allows us to do is to future-proof the index, to, um, I guess, take a forward view of selection on the um, you know the implications of selection on the basis of EBI and you know where our national herd will be in 10 years time by selecting and continue to select in the manner which we are selecting on through EBI so I guess EBI is made up of um, uh, milk production fertility calving beef maintenance um, management and health so those are the the various sub-indexes of the EBI and essentially what it is trying to do is um, breed a, a profitable cow for dairy farmers. Great. And in Euro terms, Morgan, so if we're talking about the average cow and, and your elite cow that's in the top 1%, what does that mean in a Euro value for EBI? Yes, yeah, so I suppose the Euro value, so the difference in EBI is 154 euros is the mean EBI value of the elite animals um, versus 51 in the national average. So that's a difference of approximately 100 euros in EBI value. And I guess EBI is is, is expressed in, in terms of genetics of the animals. So the animal will pass on half of her genetic potential for a particular trait to her project. So essentially, EBIs are, 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 are predicted transmitting abilities. So what EBIs are, you know, if a cow has an EBI of 100 euros, that means that she will, um, on average, deliver 200 euros more profit. However, you know, she will be contributing half of her genetics, you know, as we know, half um, in any in any parentage, um, you know, schematic, you know, an animal or a, you know, a mother will pass on half of their genetics to the progeny. Likewise, the bull will pass on half of their genetics to the progeny. So, you know, the, the differences we're seeing in EBI are, are, are €100, Euros, and, it, you know, it makes the two uh, groups very, very distinct from each other. And when you say €100, Euro, there's a €100 Euro difference. Is that mainly made up of, say, the the milk sub-index, fertility sub-index, or what is that accounted for? Yeah, so look, I suppose they're, they're, the elite animals are elite for a reason, and they are elite for all of the various sub-indexes. And, you know, particularly, you know, milk sub-index, the average uh, milk sub-index of the elite animals is 37 euros versus 17 for the national average. And I guess fertility is a real, real um, area where... Um, 
where the differences arise. And the average fertility subindex of the elite animals is 80 euros versus 13 in the national average. And I guess, you know, the key point here is that the index was designed back in 2001 to drive genetic gain for fertility performance. You know, past selection in Ireland, selection aggressively for solely on milk production, um, resulted in, you know, large declines and well-documented declines in the fertility of the national herd. So what EBI is doing is is, is um, selecting aggressively for fertility and the, the weighting of uh, on fertility is 35%. So fertility accounts for 35% of, of the total index of EBI. And like that's quite high. I mean, relative to other countries, if you take, for example, um, a counterpart of ours in a similar production uh, system, grass-based system, um, New Zealand, I mean, fertility is accounting for about 15% of their index. So, you know, it, it was a brave move at the time, and it's really showing dividends um, in light of the performance of this herd and the trends we're seeing from the national herd. So just to sum up on that, you have 100 euro of an EBI difference between your elite and your average cows. 20 euro of that is made up of milk and 65 is made up of the fertility. Um, moving on then, in terms of the performance, you measured performance over four, a four-year period. Uh, what are you seeing in, in, uh, in terms of differences in milk yield or milk constituents? Is there a difference between the two breeds? Yeah, so there is. So, uh, you know, milk yield is actually lower in the elite cows. Within the index, the index is selecting for a cow with less milk. Because there's an antagonistic uh, genetic relationship identified previously between um, high volume um, or high milk production potential and fertility performance, the EBI actually places a negative um, weighting on um, on or a negative economic value on, on milk, um, additional milk volume transmitted from a parent. So, and that also reflects the payment system that's operated in Ireland for milk. We're paid on what's you know an A plus B minus C system. Um, so we're paid on the value of our kilograms of protein followed by fat. And there's actually a negative charge of minus four centiliter on milk volume. So that very much reflects you know uh, the, I suppose the, the absolute difference in milk production reflects what the EBI is doing. But I guess you know critically the the constituents of the elite cows are significantly higher. I mean you're on average 4.47 fat and 3.72 protein was the average production over four years in terms of milk constituents of the elite animals versus 4. 1.9 fat and 3.55 protein. So that actually lends itself to increased milk solids production of 9 kilograms per cow from the elite animals. Um, so, you know, th th that's where the differences uh, lie in terms of pr productivity between the, the, two the two groups. Okay, and then fertility. We acknowledge the importance of fertility within the EBI uh, breeding of the cow. And also fertility is crucial to the type of system we have here in Ireland, a seasonal system. Can you talk through the, the breeding um, at the Kilworth farm for the next generation, are you doing six weeks uh, AI and six weeks of a bull, or what is the system? So I guess what we're using is six weeks of AI, um, followed by six weeks of natural service from stock bulls. So you know, best practice is, is adhere to, and uh, I suppose we would implement a period of about three weeks of pre-breeding where all cows are tail painted, and you know, observe for heat detection. So you know, as it is a research herd, there is no interference. Um, you know, animals are scanned pre-breeding, and animals are scanned thirty days post-service and 60 days post-service um, with a final um, scan at 150 days. What are you seeing in terms of empty rates in these cows, the elites versus the average cows? Yeah, so I suppose in terms of empty rates over the four years on average we've seen an 8% empty rate in the elite versus a 19% empty rate in the national average. So 92% of our elite cows have have um, have uh, gone back in calf each year, you know, which is excellent performance. And uh, you know, I mean, we're targeting less than ten percent of our herd empty, so you know, it's 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 excellent performance. And I suppose just to backtrack on the um, on the breeding side of things, so we would be using a team of of high EBI bulls, the highest EBI available, and those would be predominantly genomic selection bulls. And we would be using you know a team of eight to nine, maybe even ten bulls, um, to ensure you know 
a, a wide range of specific soil lines are, are, are used and the cows. And, you know, this is reflecting what has been done at national level. I mean, we see at national level, you know, in excess of 70% of semen sold is from genomically selected bulls. So, um, you know, obviously it's in keeping with, with, with what is going on. I mean, we're not preferentially treating the elite animals uh, versus the national average in terms of, you know, what, what um, bulls are used and what genetic gain we'll get there. To follow on from that, Morgan, in terms of your 8% empty in your elites and your 19% empty in your national average, what is the effect then on replacement rate? And, you know, in terms of the number of cows in the group that reaches um, mature um, status in terms of fourth lactation? Yeah, so I guess, you know, a key point is that over the course of the, scud- the study, we actually controlled um, the, 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 the parity structure of both herds. So we implemented... Uh, the same replacement rate in both the elite and national average. So, for example, if the national average group had an empty rate of, for argument, say, 25%, we had to replace 25% or introduce 25% heifers in the um, in the elite herd also. And that was due to the design of the study. I mean, we need to have a fair comparison of, you know, milk production, etc., and even parity groups. It makes it difficult, you know, in scientific terms to, to in research terms, to, um, to tease out those differences if the herd is unbalanced. So... You know, we saw a difference of 8% empty in the elite, um, a 9, 19% empty rate in the national average. So uh, I guess if we apply that logic to what would happen at a commercial farm, um, those were our empty rates, and we factor in a 10% voluntary culling rate of the remaining animals. That will lead to a replacement rate of 17% in the elite herd versus 27% in the national average herd. So again, our elite herd are, are on par with our target, less than 18% optimal replacement rate. However, our, our national average are, are, are well above that. So, uh, and I guess following on from that, the parity structure that would um, you know develop is that you you will see a lot more. Um, um, uh, parity three plus animals in, in an elite herd, in a herd of elite EBI, um, given given those differences we've seen. Great, Morgan. And in terms of uh, voluntary culling, you mentioned a 10% figure. What 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 are you vo- uh, culling these animals on? Yeah, so I guess, look, voluntary culling in any farm uh, system um, would, you know, consist of culling on reasons such as, you know, high cell count, persistent uh, cases of mastitis, lameness, poor feet and legs, um, uh, etc., and maybe to a lesser degree temperament. So, you know, uh, and I guess, you know, voluntary culling is, 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 a prudent, um, is a prudent action to take within a herd. In terms of the economic analysis of your elite and your average cows, what are you, see- what are you seeing in euro terms? Yeah, so I suppose, you know, what we're seeing is... Given Given the replacement rate that was implemented that I spoke about previously, um, we saw, you know, I, I suppose identical production in terms of uh, milk um, um, milk volume or milk production. And that's down to the fact that we have more mature animals performing in, in the simulated elite herd due to the lower replacement rate of 17%. Um, we're seeing obviously higher constituents, that trend carries true. And what we see is an actual differential in milk solids production per cow of 30 kilos per solids. And that is leading to, you know, increased milk sales, you know, to the tune of approximately 16,000 euros. So, you know, the net effect of this, given that we have lower um, numbers of replacements coming in, replacement costs are also lower. So that's having an impact on our total costs. So we have... Um, you know, higher revenue from increased milk sales and also from increased value. I mean, given the, the constituents that we're seeing in these elite animals, you know, the differential there is approximately three cents per litre in favour of, of milk from elite animals. So they're producing more valuable milk. Um, and I suppose, you know, the net effect in farm profit is um, is 24,000 euros, which over a 110 cow herd, as we have modelled it on, um, is the equivalent of 220 euros per cow. And that very much ties in with the fact that, you know, there was a 100 euro difference in EBI value between the two groups. And, you know, from previous research, you know, we are aware that each one euro increase in herd EBI is the equivalent um, to two euros profit 
for the realise on, on the ground. Can you outline the main differences you have seen between the elite and average cows? Yeah, so what we see, the main differences are greater body condition score in the elite cows. They're a lighter cow with a lower live weight and display greater milk composition um, and resultantly are achieving higher milk price paid for their milk and um, uh, greater fertility performance and you know the key point is greater survival levels to fifth lactation. We followed the cows that first came on the study in 2013 who had you know the potential of, of four um, lactations, full lactations and what we saw having done a survival analysis on these animals having tracked their performance at movements over the four-year period we see that 57% of the elite animals calved down in 2017 at the start of their fifth lactation versus only 36% of the national average. Thank you, Morgan. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. My thanks to Morgan O'Sullivan for joining me on the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey. Join me next time for your Dairy Edge. <laughs>